print, I've emerged from the cloud of stale odours and dirty coffee cups, books scattered everywhere, the deep writing process to record another podcast episode. Missed last week. This this book, look, it's getting closer, sure. And and to be honest, it's a real mixed bag, the experience, because on one hand, I'm, I'm just so relaxed about the fact that this is the greatest idea that I've ever had the privilege of hosting. I don't even call it my idea anymore. I used to, I used to like as in a couple of days ago, <laughs> used to say, this is the best idea I've ever had. Uh, more precisely, this is the best idea that's, that's ever, I've ever had the privilege of hosting. So I don't think it's my idea. That, that would be strange to claim ownership of this idea. It's an idea that is coming through me at the moment and I'm hosting and I'm nurturing and I'm developing and I'm communicating. So it's an idea that's bigger than me and not really about me. It's an idea that time has come. It's an idea that's very important for the world. I think it's the most important personal development idea to be developed in the last 20 years. And I have the great joy of writing the book to have a crack at bringing that idea to the world. So I'm just so relaxed about this idea and what what will happen off the back of bringing this idea to the world. Uh, what I'm not relaxed about is my my writing skill. Bloody hell, uh, that is the weakest link in the process by a long way. And I I think that I I'm much more at ease when I speak about these concepts. The ideas seem to flow. I seem to be able to communicate. And the luxury of speaking is. You can fumble your words, you can say, well, what I mean is you can backtrack, you can tell stories, you can take people on a journey. Writing is is much more precise. You don't get the luxury of wasted words. Every word matters when you write. So for me, it's a more difficult way of communicating by a long way. So it's back with uh, another round of editing and I've undone the whole structure. The feedback from the first uh, round of editing was that the structure did not make any sense at all and was very hard to follow which was a shock to me a great shock and uh, not sure why I was shocked but I was deeply shocked and saddened by that and have been wrestling with the structure ever since and pulled it apart and put it back together again uh, so many times that I forgot what I was even writing about and then uh, had an epiphany that I could see it mapped out in a way I hadn't seen it before so went with that so it's back being edited again so we'll see how how it turns out this time um, but in the process of writing this book I I wrote a reflection around my own experience of being me and with all my ideas with, with everything I share I'm non-negotiable about smoking what I'm selling and so my first priority before I get to bring an idea to the world is to embody it is to live it is to experience the full fruit of it in my own life and then I've got something to, sh- to share with the world so birthdays are a, a good time of reflection well for me I'm not sure if you share that experience I think it probably would be fairly common to be a bit nostalgic and reflective on a birthday so my birthday last week 44 and I was writing <clears throat> about uh, you know how I've got here and what's worked well for me and so I, I said this out as an, in an email last week and um, a lot of feedback around this. I, I had the, the best feedback I got was, Jamin, I saw that post of you smoking a bloody cigar and saying happy birthday to myself. I thought, this guy's a cock. 
<laughs> it was arrogant and but then I read it second time and thought, oh, that's br that's brilliant. What you've done there is brilliant. <laughs> and so I, I like that. It's a bit of a provocative image to have me puffing on a cigar. Uh, but <laughs> the essence of it, that, that was... That was the point. It was like, if you read this, uh, this is not me boasting. This is me sharing something very pure and very life-giving that's changed my life. And and because of how I think about personal development as such a predictable process and such a structured world, then the only reason I would share that is to say, look, I'm, I'm not special. I've found a way that works and you can replicate this. So... Um, but let me read it to you again if you've not heard me say this or read this from last week or even if you have let these words wash over you again <clears throat> when i consider how it is that i've turned my dreams into reality over the last 44 years there are three principles that are at the heart of everything good in my life number one i trust myself i know who i am i like who i am i have resolved the self-betrayal and woundedness of my past and have completely restored trust within myself. There is not a moment spent managing my own behavior for fear of what will happen if I relax. I trust my motives and intentions. I trust my natural ability to achieve the results I desire. This has created such extraordinary safety within my own relationship with myself that I am completely, completely free to go play in the world. If I know, like, and trust myself, then what is there to fear in the world? Number two, I know what I want. I have given myself the space to explore, develop and examine ideas and have told the truth about the deepest desires of my heart, especially when it would have been far easier not to want these things. I've moved beyond attaching my hopes to outcomes to understanding the highest intention behind the outcome so I'm free to use or jettison any vehicle along the way. And number three, I've gone all in. Off the back of deep trust and honest desire, I've organized everything toward the most important goals. I've created these results in the unseen world, understood and accepted the price required to achieve them, and readied myself to receive all that I desire as my present reality. Without the foundation of trust, there is no possibility of complete desire and wholeheartedness. Happy birthday to me. I think that last line is is the, the key point and probably the, the whole reason why I'm why I wrote it then and why I'm sharing it with you now. Without the foundation of trust, there is no possibility of complete desire and wholeheartedness. And trust is everything. And I'm I'm writing I'm writing about trust. That's one of the key themes in my book. It's one of the key safety dilemmas in a in a person's life. If you do not trust yourself, then where is safety? You have to look outside yourself for safety and that becomes very dangerous. You are very precariously placed. You may have heard me talk about the golden thread before, which is just a, a metaphor for a, a line of wisdom that, that stretches back through the ages. However you want to think about that, it's key themes that are repeated, that spiritual teachers, leaders, writers, experts have continued to confirm throughout the ages. And the fruit has always been good. And so these truths have become self-evident. They have been proven to be true. Hard to find, obscure, and that's why they have to be repeated. And that's why they have to find current forms that are relevant to the, the world we find ourselves in. But nevertheless, there are themes that are repeated. One of the, the themes repeated most is this idea that trusting yourself is essential to success. That if you do not have trust within yourself, how is it that you are supposed to 
find your way forward how is it you're supposed to work at how to be you and know who you are and what you're doing um, I, I love seeing how these themes are represented some of my favorite authors have written about these themes Hal Elrod the miracle equation he deconstructs what looks like supernatural performance you know miraculous achievement and says it's the combination of two things extraordinary faith and sorry unwavering faith and extraordinary action is to trust the purity of your desire to trust your self to achieve it and to trust that it will work out for you without trust you have no capacity to do miraculous extraordinary wonderful things napoleon hill thinking grow rich more gold has been mined from the hearts and minds of men than from the earth if you want to be rich if you want to see your potential fulfilled then you must go all in on your biggest idea on your best idea and that will require an incredible amount of trust that you trust the purity of the idea and you trust your ability to go wholeheartedly and you trust your ability to bring it to, to bear on the earth Wayne Dyer talks about aligning yourself to the spirit of intention says that when you analyze life and discover what what is life what is it this force that keeps the world turning he calls it the spirit of intention and that there are seven faces of intention creativity kindness love beauty expansion abundance receptivity and the trust that spirit is what is enlivening you as well you are one with that spirit that is inside you you can trust that William Whitecloud, in his incredible book, The Magician's Way, talks about the fact that the only way to achieve the results you desire is to trust your natural ability to achieve them. If you do not trust your natural ability, you'll be so focused on what it is that you need to do to get the thing you want, and you'll attract all your doubts and fears. Without trust, you have nothing. So this idea of trust is so essential to life lived well, but it raises this huge question, can I be trusted? What if I can't be trusted? Because that feels like there is a problem with my behavior. It feels like there are periods where I behave badly, where I have given evidence that I cannot be trusted. There is something that lurks inside me that is untrustworthy. I've been writing about uh, other people's answer to this question, can I be trusted? So whether you are aware of it or not, I promise you the writings of the Apostle Paul, the most prolific New Testament writer, and St. Augustine, uh, a very prolific third century writer they have infiltrated your psyche and about how you th- how you think about the question can i be trusted i promise you uh here's a, here's an example of that that you might not have even considered the story of two dogs so a black dog and a white dog uh, and some some journeyman sees uh, two dogs fighting and sees a farmer owns the dogs and says oh these dogs are fighting uh, which one wins and he says oh simple the one that i feed the most and so the story uh, is in relation all the way back to paul's take on human nature and it seems to be true yeah i have a black dog inside me and a white dog inside me Uh, the black dog does bad things the white dog does good things and whichever dog i feed most wins now that comes specifically from paul the apostle paul because he he writes in Romans chapter 7, he's like, listen, uh, 
here's the problem with me, right? I do bad things. In fact, I, I do the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do do. So I'm a wretched man. I am I, terrible. And I don't understand that I'm bewildered by my own behavior. Paul says, it bewilders me, <laughs> which is a little, a little alarming, right? Because he, he's basically saying, bugger if I know. I, I don't know why. And my best guess is because I think um, I'm a slave to sin. I think there's a terrible part of my nature that is corrupt and does the wrong thing even when I try not to because I've tried really hard to do the right thing and it turns out that doesn't work so a wretched man who will deliver me oh thanks uh, thanks be to God Jesus will deliver me and he will uh, atone for my sin he'll pay the penalty for all my wrongdoings and he'll give me a new nature I can be born again I can be washed clean and then I get a spiritual nature and that spiritual nature loves to do good things and if I feed the spiritual nature and live according to the spirit, well, then I will override the fleshly nature and the sinful desires. And that's how I'll survive as a human being, by being spiritual, not given to the flesh. And and that makes sense, right? And Christians from then on in go, look, I've, I also behave in a way that bewilders me. I don't do the things I want to do either. And I do the things I don't want to do. So I think I'm a wretched man too, and I do need delivering. So whether you've reached out to Jesus for deliverance or whether you're disciplining yourself to manage your nature, it's the same answer you've given to Paul. Now, Augustine takes it a step further because he was even worse than Paul in his reckless years. He behaved like a hellman when he was a youngster and mucked up, uh, you know, rooted around, uh, stole things. He, he did all kinds of terrible things until he sobered up and went, oh dear, this is embarrassing and people are calling me to account and I can't reconcile this bad behavior um, so he he coins the term original sin he's the first person to say look I think the problem is we are born with a sinful nature you don't get to choose you are corrupt by birth and here's the evidence because when I was a youngster and I was knocking around with my mates. We stole a bunch of pears from this farmer. And the only reason I can see we did that is because we delighted in doing the wrong thing. Our natural tendency, when left to our own devices, was sin. We wanted sin. We didn't want to do good things. We wanted to do bad things. So that's, what's hap- that's, that's what happens when you leave yourself. You do bad things, not good things. So, cool. Original sin. That's the problem. So if we're, we are cursed by sin, then the natural consequences, if we don't change that, we'll end up... Uh, destroying our life and we'll end up in hell because that's the that's the just punishment for for bad people and that's not god's fault right that's our fault because we're the ones well we're not specifically but adam and eve they fucked it up for everyone and so now um we got to suffer the consequence so that's unfortunate but that's how the story goes so yeah um you will you'll burn in hell basically unless you accept jesus as your lord and savior and let him wash your sins clean so whether you are a christian or not that thinking has infiltrated your psyche i promise you about this question can i be trusted now it's a big deal to take down biblical themes and say well hang on a minute just hang on but i i don't think that's true that's not how i answer the question as to why i've done things in the past that aren't great Um, i've just thought about it more clearly i think there's an intelligent answer I love Tony Robbins' contribution, The Six Core Needs. We all need certainty, variety, significance, love, contribution, and growth. And if you are dispassionate, watching a bunch of teenagers steal pears, you, you, there is another way of understanding why they did it. Is it possible that belonging to a tribe gives them certainty, significance, 
uh, gives them love? Could it be that rebellion, doing things that are forbidden, is adventurous and enticing and entertaining? Could it be a, a part of their strategy to meet their needs? Does Are we our behavior? Now, it turns out we're not. Our behavior is an attempt to meet our needs and protect fears. Paul and Augustine, you made a mistake. You came to the wrong conclusion for the right question. It's a question every one of us must answer, and it has significant significant implications to your life. The, the title of today's podcast was, was trauma, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder and autoimmune diseases. Now, you might be surprised to see that your answer to the question, can I be trusted, impacts your physical health. So one of my clients uh, was, you know, part partway through coaching and said, oh, look, Jamin, it's been a really tough week and I haven't shared this with you before, but I'm, I'm a recovering trauma survivor. I've got trauma in my past. PTSD is part of my what I have to manage myself. And so I've been getting some neurofeedback healing, uh, which is a way of managing my brain waves and bringing me out of a chaos state back into a calm state through a process of, of feedback and um, managing this because there's a part of me that's broken and will always be because I've had a couple of really traumatic experiences and so forgive me because my brain's been really scattered this week and I've had a lot of anxiety and a migraine and it's been a really tough week I haven't really made any progress and I went oh okay so that's yeah I, I hear what you're saying but I, I don't believe you not even for a moment that's that's one way of thinking about what's going on but I'll promise you there's a better way of thinking about it if you're open to it now I don't need her to think about it differently but she has enlisted me to end suffering in her world and so that story is not going to end suffering that has no ability to ease her pain so I had permission to reframe Um, and I just quickly explained that trauma is is broken rapport with self so it is a lack of trust within you cannot be trusted with your decision-making framework there is no safety your unconscious does not know what you will do when faced with danger and you have no open line of communication and so there's no early warning system there's no way of alerting you of danger so you are you are not to be trusted you're running lead consciously you're running lead on the decisions but you have not found a way to do that well so and your past decisions have have created anxiety internally and so your unconscious now sabotages as a signal that you are not okay that that there is no peace now that's a loving thing to do just just to for your unconscious to go hey listen like (laughs) we do not have any clear decision making framework so i promise you what i'm doing by giving you headaches is not to tell you i hate you but just to alert you to the fact that your setup is not safe you do not have permission to be you in the world under these circumstances now she said well that's strange because these two traumatic experiences were both physical one i was rock climbing the second i was in the ocean and bad things happen and now i'm affected by those two instances dramatically like yeah that's exactly what we're talking about your decision making for how to do life is compromised and you have no internal communication system you are not at peace with yourself so these things cannot be prevented in the future you do not have access to intuition you don't have you do not have access to wisdom you cannot listen to yourself and you think you can't be trusted so that's all your trauma is a broken relationship with yourself you can fix that you can rebuild trust it will require you to go back to this question can i be trusted and you've got these 
uh, examples of behaving badly which you think are indicators that you can't but that's only because you perpetuated this misunderstanding all the way back to the start so as with every single thing i've ever said on this podcast you have to go back to the beginning of the story that's where all this mess started your very first assumption about your nature you showed up relaxed at some point assuming you were enough and then you got embarrassed or surprised because it turned out you weren't it didn't look like you were and then you blamed yourself and accused yourself of having some problem and a broken relationship ever since now let's look at uh, autoimmune disease and see how this shows up here because this is another clear example of no trust so i'm suggesting that well you know autoimmune weird health stuff i wrote in my unhindered book that was the the title the first chapter weird health stuff so it's health stuff that uh you know it's there it's real but doctors are kind of at a loss as to what to do with it so skin conditions are a great example of this if you've ever had psoriasis and you've ever been to the doctor about psoriasis you will hear doctors say well okay we can't solve this problem you'll have to manage this this is a non this is a non-solvable problem and uh, Catherine my wife when her mum passed away from a sudden heart attack eight or nine years ago um, she had a massive outbreak of psoriasis within the month following that and her face was covered in sores on her scalp it was it was really you know she was hideous Um, (laughs) poor darling Uh, very very sore uh, you know, a real problem and the doctors just treated her with steroid cream and they said oh you'll have this for the rest of your life by the way um and we'll just keep putting cream on this this really strong cream rubbed in through your hair on your scalp all over your face that's how we'll treat this and so like it's that's best thinking that's western medicine treating psoriasis as an example but skin is your biggest organ by the way and uh, it, it, so therefore I, I would say it's one of the uh, quickest indicators of broken rapport with self what's happening with your skin so anyway if you think about this logically so she's never had psoriasis before ever and then her mum dies and then she gets it so hmm is there another way of thinking about what's happened here other than oh, some problem that will need to be treated with steroids for the rest of your life if you look up what autoimmune disease is in the dictionary it says um, a disease in which the body's immune system attacks healthy cells and it's you know and this is the same with uh, gluten intolerance celiac disease an immune reaction by eating gluten so it's it's a breakdown of your immune system where your immune system starts attacking itself so there's a self-sabotage going on so great real symptom i get it i get that you can have gluten intolerance i get you can have psoriasis i get you can have dairy intolerance intolerance i get you can have alcohol intolerance i get you can have alopecia your hair can all fall out but all of these things the the definition says look we don't know what happened everything was fine and now your own immune system is attacking itself. So I'm sorry, I, I don't know what to tell you other than it's happening and you're going to have to live with it. Well, like, surely there's a better question to go, yeah, but why? Why did it happen? 
is there any way of thinking about this in the terms of this idea of trust and broken rapport with self? So um, for, for Catherine, so when she examined this, she realized that the what for, which is the beautiful way into this, what is this a signal of? What is my the best of me trying to alert me to? What's the problem here? What's the reason here? She realized that when her mum passed away, there was this vacuum, massive vacuum that, that her mum, who was the central figure of that whole extended family, left. And, and Catherine, as the responsible, mature adult, and in her position and her family, felt obligation to fill her role, to step in and be her mother, to play that same role in the same way she had to the same members in the family, and just felt it was expected, and, and that was thrown on her. In the midst of the devastation of losing your mum in a sudden in a sudden way and coming to terms with the grief and sadness and then feeling powerless to um, be who you want to be, unconscious went, hmm, there's a problem. Like this is a this is a great problem. If you forget who you are and be someone you're not, like that's not gonna work. That will not work. So the signal is I will be up in your face. I will get your attention. I will alert you to the fact that this is not working. And it's not because I'm trying to ruin your life. It's trying to—it's because I'm trying to alert you to the great danger that you're in. You do not want to fulfill your mum's role. That is not your role. That was her role, not your role. So that was challenging for her to examine that. But as she examined that and as she came to terms with who she was and whatever expectations and obligations others may be assuming of her that she was not going to be that person that she would continue to be her own person and to trust her own nature then guess what happened Sarah's just gone like completely gone um, now Amity she won't mind me telling you this story so she um, got to work for one of the big racing stables in Sydney as part of her apprenticeship her track work apprenticeship and she got to see the dark underbelly of the racing industry, right, where animals are treated very poorly, where jockeys are treated very poorly, where stable hands are treated very poorly. It's it's a world that's motivated by money and greed, and uh, there's a lot of underhanded practices that go. And that was a shock to her, and she didn't like it. And so she got this massive flare-up on her skin, all around her neck, these big rashes, welts would appear. And so... Um, she listened long enough to go, I can't be in this place. This does not work for me. And although I've tied my horse to this carriage, so to speak, I, I don't want this, so I'm out. So she exited that um, and the rash went away straight away, although it's come back. And the evidence of that is clearly because she understood enough to exit that but didn't understand how to create safety moving forward. So her own conscience is saying, yeah, I, I don't, trust that you won't make another mistake like this i don't trust that you won't uh, be short-sighted about your decision making we do not have a quality decision making process moving forward so that's why this skin condition is there what for that's your question that's your way into examining this so look wouldn't it be incredible to be able to enjoy sugar gluten dairy and alcohol for surely four of the greatest Things. I don't know about gluten. I don't even know what gluten does. Um, dairy, sugar, and alcohol. Good grief. To have to live without those. And lots of people do. Lots of people uh, go to a naturopath or a doctor because they're experiencing inflammation. Their immune system is actually physically in the real world acting against itself. Great. And so 
they have to manage the symptoms. And so the management is to cut out all these things in their system so that the immune system is not inflamed by these um, additions. What if you were to ask what for? Why is it that your immune system is attacking yourself in the first place? What signal? Now, I can't answer that question for you, but you you will know the answer. There will be an answer to that question if you are willing to ask, if you're willing to deal with it. Um, the reason people don't want to ask those questions is because they assume the answer will be too difficult and too much. And so the simpler thing is just to treat them, the, just to manage the symptoms. If you were to zoom out, managing the symptoms is not only bad for you, it's bad for your ecosystem. <laughs> One of my mates, his wife just became uh, gluten intolerant and it shits him to tears. He's like, <sighs> now, like every food decision, is run through this reference of does it have gluten and look I'm not saying gluten intolerance is not a thing yeah oh you'll do whatever you want with this podcast anyway what I'm saying is there is another way to examine autoimmune there is another way to examine trauma you don't have to just manage your brain response through neurofeedback you could understand why are you broken in your relationship with yourself and how do you repair it why is your body inflamed at the moment what is the cause of inflammation why is your body attacking itself why is your hair falling out why is your skin full of rashes why can your gut not handle certain substances is it because you are broken no people work perfectly the body craves health here's this if you hear nothing else from today hear this you are not fragile you are not fragile your body is not fragile you are extraordinary wonderful the body craves health it knows how to be healthy therefore all unhealth is a strategy all unhealth is by design it's serving a purpose it's for a reason and if you can understand that reason you can solve the problem and go back to the default which is health so look if you're experiencing ptsd or autoimmune in any of its forms Give me a call. Oh, no, don't don't give me a call because I'm inundated with clients at the moment, uh, which is a good problem to have. Um, so there's a bit of a waiting list. But what, go read the Unhindered book again. Go dive into the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity and read chapter one, weird health stuff, and come to terms with this idea of what for could change your life. hope that's been useful. I'll talk to you again soon maybe next week or maybe the week after it'll be soon i'm sure